0: Alhamdulillahi wakafa wa salamun ala ibadihil ladheena as-tafa amma ba'ad fa'udhu billahi min ash-shaytani r-rajim bismillahir-rahmani r-raheem wa al-lazina jahadu feeena lanahdiyennahum subulana subhana rabbika rabbil amma yusifun wa salamun ala al-mursaleen wa alhamdulillahi alameen Allahumma <laughs> salli ala <laughs> sayidina Muhammad wa ala ali sayidina Muhammad wa barik wa sallim Allahumma salli ala sayidina Muhammad wa ala ali sayidina Muhammad wa barik wa sallim Allahumma salli ala sayidina Muhammad wa ala ali sayidina Muhammad wa barik wa sallim I had a topic in my head I should say in my mind I had a topic in my mind And a couple of minutes ago, (laughs) that topic got turned on its head. So, alhamdulillah, I can take a chance, uh, be a little risky here, and just reset the topic and talk off the top of my head. I guess this one would be from my heart more than my head, because I haven't had time to think about exactly how I would lay this discussion out, but we'll just talk. SubhanAllah, we live in a metaverse. I know that everybody talks about the metaverse, and lots of discussion about what the metaverse is going to look like, but we all know that this is a metaverse. What happens is that, let me explain metaverse for a minute. So metaverse, maybe some younger people in this room can relate, but essentially, you know, when people play Fortnite, Fortnite is a video game. What happens when you play Fortnite, you pick your character. So you can be like, strong, you can be fast, you can be tall, you can choose different characteristics and you choose your weapons. And then you enter into the mold of that character. Now what's happening is this you, you you have your name, Zayd, or whatever your name might be. And then Zayd enters into this character, and this character plays the whole game. So that's like a metaverse, because essentially what's happening is you're not physically present in that world. Rather, your representation, they call that an avatar, this little uh, shape that you pick, you choose. You choose on the screen, there's 15, 20, and if you pay money, they give you maybe 100. You choose that shape, and you enter into that shape, so that becomes an avatar, and you're inside that avatar, and you're working in a new world, and you're interacting with people in a new world, so instead of this world, it's that world, so they call that a metaverse, Okay but the reality is you can talk as much as you want about the metaverse we are in a metaverse we are in a metaverse what happens is allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has created our souls and all the souls are waiting and when it's each when each soul gets its turn it's sent down into a body right it's sent to, into, into an avatar you look one way, he looks one way, she looks one way. But really, these are just avatars. This, what you're looking at, this isn't me. This isn't me. This is the physical manifestation of the vehicle which my soul has actually been put inside. The essence of me is my soul. The essence of me is not this body that shape that you're seeing. The reality is my heart. It's my soul. So, maybe we have different colors, maybe we have different ethnicities, maybe we have different weights, maybe we have different heights, maybe we have different strengths, but that's not us. Those are avatars. Those are all avatars. Nobody's going to be judged based on the color of their skin. Nobody's going to be judged based on their uh, biological sex. Nobody is going to be judged based on the strength that they have in these muscles. We're going to be judged with what's inside here. That's what's real. Now the question is, how do we take that avatar, and what do we do with that avatar, right? Now, what's driving that avatar is not the avatar. What's driving the avatar is what's inside. When I'm playing some game, if some kid is playing some game, the avatar is not moving. The person, the, the controller is moving. The person, the person who's in, behind the avatar, right? The essence of that avatar is actually moving the avatar in different directions and choosing, do I shoot this person? Do I grab this person? Do I shake hands with that person? So that's the reality of that universe, and we're just in a similar metaverse. The reality is actually my soul. Now, what happens is when I go, when I enter into this metaverse, when I enter into this metaverse, which we all exist within, Now it becomes very real. Very quickly I forget who I am because I get caught up in the circumstances that surround me. So I shake hands with you, you shake hands with me. It feels physical. You hug somebody, you laugh with somebody, you eat food with somebody, you buy a house, you buy a car, You get a job. You get a degree. Each of these things are games in the metaverse. And when we get caught up in the games in this metaverse, they become more real than the essence of who we are inside. And that's the deception. Now, by the way, interestingly, I'm just, again, talking off the top of my head. You know, in Sen, we call humanity, mankind, in Sen. And one of the derivations of insan is from to forget. Nesia means to forget. Insan can be derived from that. One of the two derivations, one of the two common derivations amongst the scholars. So insan is called, one of the reasons insan is insan is because insan forgets the essence of who they are and gets caught up in the metaverse in which they exist. There's a, in Jalalain, Tafsir Jalalain, uh, there's a narration in which uh, it's mentioned that the Prophet ﷺ used to ask the Sahaba about uh, dreams that they would have seen. On one occasion, somebody related a dream to the Prophet ﷺ that there was a group of people, there was a path, and there was a group of people, and the first group of people crossed the path, and the path happened to go through this garden where there were rivers and fruits. And so the first group of people passed through the path, and they didn't look left they didn't look right they went to their destination the second group of people they passed through the path and when they got to the path when they got on the path they looked to the left they looked to the right they saw the uh, fruits they saw the rivers they decided to take a break but they got back on their um, mounts and they moved to their destination and the third group of people they uh, d- dismounted they got caught up in the gardens and the rivers, and they forgot about their mounts and they waited there and they never proceeded to their destination. And then the explanation of that was that the first group was the group like the Sahaba. They didn't get distracted by the metaverse around them. They recognized that they had one destination and that destination was what? Allah. So they proceeded directly on the straight path. By the way, this path was interpreted as a straight path. They proceeded directly on the straight path to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, without being distracted by the Metaverse around them. The second group of the people would, would be the people that would come after the Sahaba, who maybe get distracted here and there, but they remember who they are, they remember the straight path that they're on, they remount and they proceed to their destination, which is Allah. And the third group of people are the group of people who get lost in the Metaverse. I'm just saying metaverse, not the word used there. They get lost in the garden, call it the metaverse. And they forget who they are. They forget the straight path upon which they were placed. And most importantly, they forget that their destination is Allah. So this is the reality of who we are. Now, one of the great blessings of deen one of the great blessings of Deen is that even in the metaverse there have been placed signs upon signs upon signs to remind Insan who inherently is forgetful to remind Insan of who they are and what their reality is. So that if for a moment a person were to escape from themselves, escape from their avatar, and just take a minute to think, not who am I, what do I need, what do I want, what are my desires, how can I serve my own self, but were to exit from themselves and to go beyond, it would not be hard, in fact, it would be obvious, there would be, it would be, the reminder would be obvious to them that it's not about them, it's about Allah. And that's essentially what the Qur'an does. The Qur'an shakes an individual who's in the metaverse, us, our souls, in these bodies, and shakes us and says, it's not the body that matters. Remember that there is Allah. And every single thing around us is calling Allah, Allah, Allah for example yesterday in the tafsir we talked about uh, the uh, An najm Al-Thaqib An najm Al-Thaqib, the piercing star SubhanAllah what happens, the sky wa-Sama'i wa-Tariq right, and the sky and the Tariq we talked about yesterday and that sky is so mesmerizing that a person looks in that sky and it forces them to Low, to, 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 to minimize themselves and be drawn into the infinite heavens that's above them. And then you've got these piercing stars present within the skies which are just flickering and sending this message. And the message is what? The message, this flickering, when you look in the sky, honestly, every star is just Allah, 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 Allah. Allah, it's just sending a message of that the the, sending a reminder to every single person that's able to perceive that there is something, there is a creator who's created all of this. And that's the essence of who we are. Essentially, that's Islam. That's Islam. When a person wakes up to the reality that they're caught up in a metaverse, that it's not about my body, that there is something greater than me. That there is a there is nothing worthy of turning my attention to, my love to, my my energy towards, except Allah, that's called Islam. And the Quran has this amazing ability to rip a person out of the metaverse and to awaken them to the reality of La ilaha illallah. And what the Quran does, it means subhanAllah, if you want to summate the whole Quran in one sentence. It funnels everything into la ilaha illallah. The Qur'an essentially, what is it? It's a big funnel. It talks about the events of the past. It talks about the universe that surrounds you. It talks about the successes of some people and the failures of others. But what is it doing? It's basically just taking the swirling complex metaverse in which we exist, and it's, slowly, it's, it's, it's painting different parts. It's not giving you every single example, but it's giving you all of these paradigms. All of these paradigms get sort of like pasted up, and then it continuously funnels all of that reality into one thing, which is Allah, that Allah is the final hakiki, that there is nothing worthy of worship except Allah, that He is ar-Rahman, that He is ar-Rahim. That's the essence. That's the essence of Islam. When a person breaks from the metaverse, from their metaverse that surrounds them, and their soul awakens and hearkens to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that's the expression of Islam. That's when a person says, the one thing I can do that's actually real in this entire universe in which I exist is to actually bow to Allah, to connect with Allah, to raise myself and to become something bigger than who I am. And everything is calling to that. Every single molecule You've got these electrons, all of them rotating in orbits. Allah, 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 Allah. It's just continuous. It's a continuous dhikr. you got cells. You know, we talked about yesterday the cells and the, how man is, uh, humanity is derived from this single drop of fluid. And one cell becomes two, and two becomes four, and four becomes eight, and eight becomes 16. Every cell is moving in this dark, uh, you know, in a dark uterus with no one to guide it. And each cell is connecting to the other and differentiating in this pathway or that pathway. Each one is binding different proteins and molecules and And the whole thing is just to the thicket of Allah. Every cell moves only through the permission of Allah. Who is doing it except Allah? Who is in control except Allah? I'm telling you, it's not even that. It's every receptor binding every ligand. You see these receptors that exist on cells. They bind these ligands. They're so perfect. The way the ligand fits into the receptor, it's like a glove fitting a hand. It's even more than a glove fitting a hand because if one amino acid is disrupted on that receptor, it can't even bind its ligand. It's a chemical glove, which is extremely specific. And every time that binds, it's just an indication that there is a law. There is no single molecule molecules is an exaggeration. There is no single molecule in the universe, in the metaverse that we exist, in the universe that we exist, except that it calls to Allah. Now, we get caught up. He said, she said, my house, your house, this car, that car, your education, my education, my bank account, your, your bank account. We get caught up in all of that, but that's not the reality. That's a distraction. And it's such an empty thing to be distracted by because it leaves you dead on the spot. You know, the worst deception is when someone brings you all the way to a destination and then drops you at the last second after you spent all your time and energy without ever warning you that I was empty. You know what what a deception that would be if someone dragged you along? You know how upset people get when someone drags you from one place to another and then leaves you hanging? You think, oh my God, I invested time, I invested energy, I made a relationship with this person, they dragged me and they left me hanging. The dunya and everything that it contains is so deceptive that it will sparkle, it will shine, it will only show you its darkness at the last minute when it drops you and leaves you hanging. Where, what is the result of wealth except that everyone will empty your pockets one day and put you in the ground? What is the, what is the reality of a of the houses in which we live except that somebody else will move in and call it theirs one day you can put all the time and energy into a house you can build a house you can say i made it the way i wanted it it was in my specifications i got it this way and that way and there's only two consequences to that house consequence number one somebody else will move up there and put their name on the door Consequence number two, somebody else will say and come back and say, What was this guy thinking? This is a tear down. We're going to build our own new house. There's no permanence here. Every single thing in this dunya, every single thing in this metaverse, it takes you on a journey making you feel as if you achieved. Until at the very last moment, at the very last breath, it leaves you and 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 and, and leaves you empty without any reality. That's, there's nothing to pursue here. I'm not saying that we can't pursue it. That's human nature. Allah has created needs for this for this. Avatar. I have to fulfill those needs. I have to maintain this avatar because I'm dependent upon this avatar to do the good, to offer the prayer, to fast and rumble on, to make the hajj. I have a responsibility towards this avatar, but there is no reality except Allah. And everything in this metaverse calls to Allah. Everything in this metaverse calls to Allah, and this deen is only that. And if people brought that one reality into their hearts... Then they would realize that out of all the options that I have in the world, there is no better place than to be in the house of Allah. Out of all the options that I have in the world, there is no better thing to engage with than the word of Allah. Out of all the options in the world, there is no better example to follow than the Messenger of Allah. Out of all the options in the world, there is no garden except the Jannah of Allah. It's all about Allah. That's the piece that's missing That's the piece that we miss. Everything is Allah. And everything in this metaverse in which we exist is calling to Allah, Allah, Allah. We just can't see. But the Quran opens our eyes. It tells us to look at the twink, look at the sky, be mesmerized, who created it? Look at the stars and look at the fact that they're sending flashing signals Flashing signals from millions of light years away, which were generated way before we were ever here. Those stars today, the light that we see from those stars, took how many millions of years to come to us? How many millions of years did those stars burn? And they were preparing the signal. It's a SOS. You know, like they send an SOS, you know, save our ship, save our ship. They would send those the Morris codes. Those tappings, those tappings that, have, that are present in those piercing stars, those tappings were programmed and sent and have exploded millions of years ago. Everything is perfectly timed. We've been placed at the time to receive that message. That message has been already preset, and it's tapping to, to us, reminding us, you're in this metaverse, but you should know Allah, Allah, Allah. That's the essence of this, deen. Every cell that moves only moves to the permission of, and the will of Allah. Every molecule only calls to Allah. The whole universe can deceive us, but in the end, we the one who is able to perceive and see. And the Quran takes us out of that metaverse and puts us into this reality. La ilaha illallah. There's nothing except Allah. There's nothing except Allah. There's nothing worthy of our attention except Allah, there is nothing worthy of our energy except devoting it to Allah, there is nothing worthy of pursuing except Allah. That's the beauty of deen. Now if that one message gets embedded in our hearts, then we become Muslims. Then w- worship is the only thing that we look forward to. And it becomes we 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 have to force ourselves to not do worship. Now look, in this day and age, we have to force ourselves. You got to pray. Get up and pray. Get up and pray. Get up and pray. It should be the opposite. It should be get out of prayer. Get out of prayer. You got to go do your job, right? That was the reality of the companions. They would be die. They would be completely engrossed in their worship. They would be engrossed in their deen. They would be engrossed in another reality, and they would then have to go out and do different things in order to just uh, take because they would have to. Pull, them, pull themselves away from their worship. Like the scholars say that a Muslim, uh, a Muslim out of the masjid is like a fish out of water. Just like a fish out of water is slapping up and down, slapping up and down, never comfortable with where they are until you put them back in the water. So too is the Muslim. When you take them away from the Quran, when you take them away from the house of Allah, in the same way they become uncomfortable until they can return back to the house of Allah. Because that's the only reality. So we should learn we should let the Quran take us let the Quran take us the Quran is grabbing our hands and trying to uplift us and by the way, this Quran is the miracle of our deen it paints this reality and the the part of that miracle is the effect that it's had on 1400 years of people across time and space, across generations, across languages, across. Ethnicity is across skin colors. You see that anyone who submits to the Qur'an and, 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 and surrenders itself to it, it takes them beyond who they are, opens up the reality in which they exist, and shows them that everything calls to Allah. There is no reality except Allah. La ilaha illallah. There's no reality except Allah. And I will even go as far as to venture to you a little bit of an ex- statement, you just don't understand the context in which I'm saying it, so just don't misquote me here, but I would even go oh, so far as to say to you that there is no reality here or in the Akhirah except Allah. For example, here it's obvious, this world is passing, it takes you uh, to a certain point, and at which point eventually this whole world will disintegrate into dust. But what about Jannah? What about Jannah? Well, let's just take the example. What happens in Jannah? When a person is in Jannah and they're completely rewarded with every single thing that they could have been given, then it will be said to them, was there any other reward that you can imagine? And they'll think, no. No. But then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will reveal himself in the way that the moon is revealed and a full moon in, in in our universe. And then people will forget everything else except Allah. In the end, even Jannah, the essence is still Allah. That that was what I meant by the earlier statement. That in the end, everything is just Allah. The ultimate reward in Jannah is not gardens, rivers, food, houses. It's to be able to engage with Allah. That's the ultimate reward. And that's the essence of this deen. Now, by the way, by the way, see that is what you have to when you, when you Deen is a three-step process, okay? Deen is a three-step process. The expression of Deen is a three-step process, very simply. I'm just gonna you know, funnel this down or shave this down into a very simple paradigm. Deen is a three-step process. The first step, to just recognize Allah, to get out of my avatar. And to see, the thing is that this universe is all like an avatar, right? But you don't recognize it until one day the program will shut down. The code will, will shut down. And then what will happen is the veils will be lifted and you'll see the next layer, which is Jannah, Jahannam. And then eventually, honestly, even Jannah's veils will be lifted until you'll actually see Allah, right? That will be the ultimate manifestation. So in the first thing to appreciate is that there's a veil around me, that I'm looking around me, I'm completely engrossed in this bubble, everything around me is behind me, in front of me, on top of me, below, below me, I'm all in this bubble, but there's a reality which is Allah, and the first step is to understand Allah and to, un- and to remind the soul of its desire and passion to pursue Allah. The second step is to then, the second natural step is that once you're engaged and engrossed by this ultimate reality, Allah, then the natural step is to turn to him and worship and to seek him through du'a. And the final step is to do that not by some willy-nilly mechanism that I come up with in in my mind, but to follow the revealed pattern that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has used to guide human beings through the messengers. This is your three-step process. And by the way, I'm not making this three-step process up arbitrarily. This is Surah Fatiha. Which is the, wa- the most Quran that anybody in this room will ever recite in their whole life will be Surah Fatiha. Because you recite it in every prayer. And what is Surah Fatiha saying? Alhamdulillahi <laughs> Rabbil Ar-Rahman Ar-Rahim Maliki yawm These first few verses do what? They just tell you about Allah. Here's the story. Let's just get straight to the point Alhamdulillahi rabbil alamin. All praises due to Allah, Lord of this metaverse. I'm making up my own translation here. It's Lord of the universe, but grant me that just from the context in which I'm speaking. All praises to Allah, Lord of this metaverse. Don't get caught up in this metaverse. There's a Lord of this metaverse. There's a Lord of this universe. Call it the universe now. There's a Lord of these worlds. There, and all praises to that Lord. That that's where the reality is. And who is this Lord? He is Ar Rahman and Ar Rahim. He is the beneficent, the merciful, the all merciful, the all, the widely beneficent, the merciful. Then you quickly learn that this Lord actually is, is, in your, is on your side, is in your favor, wants everything for good for you. He is merciful, he is Rahman, he is Rahim. But he's also Maliki Yawmuddin. And he's the master of the day of judgment, which is the next world that people are going to enter. So look, these three statements quickly do what? They knock you off your pedestal. They knock you off your pedestal and they put you in con- they put everything in context which is Allah. Now what? What's the natural consequence? Once you understand that, what's the natural natural con- consequence? <inaudible> now that I understand that this universe is just all what it is. And there's a Lord of it. And he is al-Rahman and al-Rahim and ma'liki al deen You alone do we worship. You alone do we seek assistance. From, from you alone do we seek assistance. Right? So that's step two. And step three, guide me on the straight path. The straight, and what is the straight path? The path of those people whom you've blessed. Not the path of people who have incurred your wrath. So now that's the third part. The third part is that I don't just arbitrarily get to come up with my own, my own concept of Deen, but actually Deen is defined. There's a path. That path will take me through this metaverse, which I spoke about earlier, right? I shared with you that example. That path will take me through this universe, through this, if you want to call it metaverse for a moment. And what will happen is that as a person will cross through that path, the way that they will succeed is to follow the ones who have been blessed, meaning the prophets etc. etc. I'm not going to go into a a tafsir here, but the the prophets. (inaudible) Ali salaam. Because they were the ultimate individuals who recognized that there is nothing here, that this is just an avatar. It doesn't matter what your skin color is, it doesn't matter what your clothing is, it doesn't matter what house you put it in, it doesn't matter what car it drives, it doesn't matter what food you feed it. What actually matters is the soul that's present here, because that's the essence of the human being and if this soul can get connected with Allah and recognize that there is nothing else like Allah la ilaha illallah then everything else will be driven it'll be i it mean that, that passion look human beings have passion every person on this planet has passion Allah has given us passion he's given us a heart he's given us a soul we lend it to something if we lend it to the nba then we're constantly thinking about the NBA and constantly thinking about what's the stat on this player, what's the stat on that player, which team is going to win. Oh my God, I can't believe I missed that game. We decided that we were going to let that soul and heart and soul be given to the NBA. If we give it to food, then there is no uh, difficulty in traveling four hours to try this, food, this dinner at this restaurant. How many times have we traveled four hours to go pray in a mosque? But sometimes people travel four hours to try pizza in Michigan. So, what, how is that happening? It's happening because this soul was given to something other than Allah. Whatever this soul is given to, it's going to be driven towards. You, you, you look at people, how hard they work for the things that they want. How hard they work for the things that they think are important and the things that they desire. But that's not just the body. The body is being driven by this soul, which is actually the essence of what's moving this avatar. It's the joystick that moves everything. So if this soul is given to Allah, if this soul is awoken to its reality, if insan is reminded of his forgetfulness... What's the forgetfulness that I've made a covenant, that there is a Jannah, that I'm coming from somewhere, I belong somewhere, I don't belong here, I actually asnan belong in Jannah, I've just been placed here for this moment, I need to return back to my home, and there was my interaction with Allah, then the reality of that individual is, is they're shaken, they're awakened from this avatar in which they exist to this ultimate reality. And once a person becomes literate, then they begin to see that everywhere. And the Quran basically teaches us to be literate. Now, I know literacy we define as can you, you know, compute uh, x squared plus y squared equals zero. You know, can you graph it? That's not the literacy we're talking about. We're talking about the literacy of can you look at the sky and say it's bigger than me? Can you look at the stars and say they're tapping upon me, telling me, or giving me a reminder? Can you remember where I came from and where am I going Can I I be mesmerized by the fact that one cell became two, two became four, four became eight, eight became 16, until all of a sudden, nine months later, a baby pops out with all these neural connections that no one can ever understand, and all of this ability to move, this whole avatar comes out. And then it has this ability to grow and interact and shake hands and hug and smile and laugh and play. Where is that coming from? Every single expression of every single level from the universe to the cell, to, to intracell, intracellular, is all just a reminder of Allah. La ilaha illallah. Everything is just saying, reminding us, Allah, Allah. Everything is doing it tasbih. SubhanAllah, 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 Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah. Everything is there. This is the these are the constant tappings. We talked about authoric yesterday. I don't know how many of you were here, but if you missed it, you can ask someone. These are the tappings, and they're not one, they're not rare, they're not few. It's everywhere you look. You look up, you look down, you look to the right, you look to the left, you shake hands, you drop a tear, you smile, you engage, you eat every single thing. Subhanallah, Allah, Allah, Allah. It's just a constant reminder. Now, we become illiterate. We get more mesmerized by a phone than we do by a star. We get more mesmerized by, uh, you know, a, a, a slam dunk than we do by the rising of the sun. But that doesn't mean that the slam dunk is more amazing than the rising of the sun. It just means that we've gotten caught up in the metaverse and we're not appreciating that there is something beyond the veiled dunya in which we exist. Everything is Allah. I mean, just think, who picks up that sun? Who turns this earth? Who balanced everything in the most perfect way? That enough power is coming from the sun that it creates light that we can see but not so bright that we become blind. Light that we can see but not so dim that we can't tell where we are. Heat that's so perfect that we don't, it doesn't cook us but it doesn't freeze us at the same time. Energy that's so perfect that it gets absorbed by the leaves of plants and it gets converted into energy. Perfect Perfect wavelength, perfect wavelength. Where is that specificity coming from? This sun is not right here. This sun is millions of miles away. From millions of miles away, it's producing energy, which it's sending across an empty open ocean of the, of the heavens and crossing over into the atmosphere and produces the perfect energy at each frequency that's necessary for the things for which it was created, but doesn't harm in any other way. Subhanallah. That's just the sun. We're not even talking about the receptors that are responding, the energy, the ability to absorb energy that occurs through the green color of the leaves. We're not the, the, the chlorophyll of the leaves. We're not talking about any of that. We're just talking about one simple message. But if a person were to truly understand and see, then all they would see that everywhere they turn, they just hear Allah. They hear the tasbih. They see the reality that everything is always calling upon Allah. Every single molecule of energy that's absorbed, every wavelength, every photon, every, every, every atom, every electron, every cell, every mitochondria, every receptor that binds its ligand, Allah. Now, if we can't wake up to that, then we're, it's not like uh, you have to wait. To, you know, when they have these eclipses, they tell you, oh, sorry, you'll see the next one in 17 years. <laughs> you don't get a, a reminder one, once every 17 years. You have billions of reminders at every millisecond. If only we would see. If only we would see. We see, but we don't see. We hear, but we don't hear. We think, but we're not thinking. There's a reality to all of this. So we have to awaken to that. We can't focus on the body We can't, because if you focus on the body, you get caught up in the avatar. We have to focus on the soul. We have to grow the soul. We have to energize the soul. We have to follow the path of the prophets because they saw with clarity. They guided us along the way. They understood the reality. They took us across that path. They warned us of the deception of the dunya, how it will hold your hand and tell you how much, how good it is. But it will take you to the doorstep and drop you at darkness. They told us that. And anyway, it's obvious. You don't even need to be told. You can just see what death does. We talked about this last night as well. Death is a leash. You can run and play and run and play. Death will grab you in the end. Eat what you want to eat, but death will catch, catch you. Make as much money as you want to make. Death will empty your pockets. Wear the clothing that you want to wear. Dress in all of the latest fashions. Death will bury you naked in a white cloth. That's the end. Even a person of any kind of sense and wisdom would be able to quickly appreciate that there's something more. That this can't just be some random circumstance that we just exist, you know, uh, playing some game for 15, 20 years, 50 years, 80 years. It's just some game, and then the whole board gets folded up. No, there's a reality beyond that. There's a reality beyond that, but we can't see it today because today there are curtains that are... Leveled in front of us, and we're not able to perceive the realities. But there, those curtains will fall. And when those curtain falls, when, the, when that curtain falls, then it will be very, very clear. When that horn is blown and the curtain is, falls, then it'll be clear that this was the ultimate reality. Part of that will become clear at death, but the ultimate clarity will arise with qiyamah. So, Subhanallah, we should open our eyes. When the Qur'an says, you know, has a man seen, what that doesn't mean that you see with your eyes, it means that you see with your intellect. We should open our eyes. We should appreciate the passing nature of this world and the perfection of the circumstance around us and what it actually is calling and reminding us to. And the more, I can tell you, the more you fall in love, the more we fall in love with Allah, then deen becomes a natural manifestation of who we are. And honestly, there's nothing else to fall in love with why, why would a person trade pennies for gold? Anything else that you fall in love with, anything else that you give yourself to, it's, empty. it's as empty as we are. A, a house, no matter how beautiful, is still made of dirt. A car, no matter how beautiful, still comes from the ground. Food, no matter how tasty, still comes from dirt. It's just dirt. It's just dirt in different forms. Would you give yourself to a mountain of dirt sitting in front of you? No. I can give a whole other lecture on this, but what is a house except a piled up, nicely organized mountain of dirt? Some wood, some mud, some clay, some mortar. What is food except organized dirt, which has been grown into leaves, which then some animal eats, which then takes the shape of meat and has now come to you in a different form? What is clothing except some plants that have grown from the dirt which have been processed in some way and sown to look as if they have some sort of reality to them? There's no food except the food of Jannah. There's no house except the house of Jannah. There's no clothing except the clothing of Jannah because this is not meant to be a passing place. It is not meant to be the final abode. And there is no reality even in Jannah except Allah except Allah. Everything is Allah. That's what this deen is. This deen is the opportunity of a lifetime to take the dirt that we are, to take the dirt that we are and to connect it with the creator of everything. Where else are you going to get a bargain? I mean, that is a bargain. If I say to you, hey, you can buy this mansion for a penny, <laughs> you'll be... Waiting, standing outside for one month. (laughs) Are you ready to sell now? I know you said next month, but I came a little early. It's a month early. You said I can have this house for a penny. I'm here one month early, just waiting in case. Whenever you're ready, uh, take two months, brother. Whenever you're ready, give me the penny. uh, Give me the deed, I'll give you the penny. (laughs) You have the better opportunity. Penny is much. You don't even have, we don't even have a penny. You don't come with a penny. You don't leave with a penny in this life. You have a better opportunity to give this soul back to the one who gave it to you and connect it with him so that not only can you have his akhirah, but you can actually be able to engage with him in whatever way people will engage with him on that final, in that final abode. So what, what, like they say, at like tawfiq. Where is the sense? But where, where is the sense? Like how are you going to make all these things? Figure, how you get, figure it out. It's obvious. It's obvious. We should tap ourselves and remind ourselves, and when we see that sun come up, we should be reminded. When we see that sky, pause, look up, ask yourself, this is where did this come from? When that star is flickering in the sky, and it's piercing through you know, millions of light years away, and it sends this message to my eye, and my eye receives, you know, gets triggered and sends a message to my brain, I should appreciate that message that's being sent to me. I should wake up. And that should just, this entire cacophony, you know, this entire symphony, this symphony of everything around me, should just drive me into this just passion of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That's what deen is. This passion of Allah. That's what tawheed is. This is Tawheed. This is actually Tawheed. To just recognize that there is nothing except Allah. The oneness of Allah. That's what every messenger came to bring. That's what every book taught. That's what the ultimate reality of the universe is. That that And that is the only reason why we were created. To worship Allah. Not to forcefully force myself to make such that, Oh God, i got to get up and do it again. No, to worship Allah. To, the, the part there is the Allah part. The worship is a mechanism to Allah. To just say this is where I'm investing myself. So, it, it behooves us to embed the remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa taala in our lives. We should remind ourselves and continuously, because what happens is it's like a the heart. You know, first of all, it's it's uh, it's like a it's like a piece of wood. It's like a piece of wood. You have to ignite it, and when you ignite the heart with the passion of Allah then it too begins to beat in in symphony with everything around it. It too begins to say, Allah, Allah. It begins to call on Allah. When that passion inside a person is ignited, and that's what drives a person to worship, to serve, to elevate their character, to have concern for others, to give from their wealth, that's the ultimate expression of deen. So... That's the opportunity. I mean, we could have a long seminar and all the nuanced discussions that arise here, but that's, if I had to summate everything, like I said, I just, you know, I didn't plan this talk. I'm just talking to you. But if I had to summate everything, this is what actually, this is what life is. So we shouldn't be caught up and deceived by the circumstances in which we find ourselves. We should take the reminders. We should pause, breathe, look at the sky. Pause, breathe, look at that which those stars that are piercing through the night and sending us a message, tapping on our shoulders and reminding us of something real. We should pause, breathe, ask the question where we came from, this single drop of fluid. And so what does that mean? Where am I going to end? We should pause, breathe every example given in the Qur'an. Our attention is drawn to the mountains, to the skies, to the heavens, to the earth, to the food, to the rain, to the earth, to the ground, to the plants. Everything is just a reminder we don't pause and breathe we don't pause and wait we don't pause and appreciate we are caught up in the next tweet you know it's it, the problem see this is the problem by the way for me subhanallah I'm going way over today i apologize but again i'm talking just you know it's so let me just share one, one one issue with you it's so hard to shake people out of the metaverse right it's so hard it's so armored it's so difficult The Qur'an does it, but it's so difficult. It's so difficult. I mean, how badly, honestly, forget about how badly I want the rest of the world to be woken, how badly I want myself to be woken, and it's difficult, right? Now you tell me, if you take that metaverse and you layer it in another metaverse, how impossible it becomes, right? Now, if I've got myself caught up in a a phone... Now I got two barriers. I got two layers of armors. I, I got to crack. First, I got to crack them out of, first we got to crack ourselves out of that universe. And I got to get that, we got to get out of that universe. And when we get out of that universe, then I put them in this universe. Then from this universe, you have to now, we have to now crack ourselves and we harken to this reality. But you're not going to find the signs that you find that the Quran calls to in the second layer of the metaverse. Because what's happening is, Metaverse is being layered upon metaverse. being layered. What is WhatsApp? It's just another metaverse. What is Facebook? It's another layer. It's, it sucks you in. Now, if you're in Facebook, okay, let's just say eventually they create, you're, you're, forget about creating, you're in uh, Fortnite, which is basically just a metaverse, or Roblox, or whatever you want to call it. Now there's no sky to awaken me up, to awaken me. There's just the creation of the programmer. There's not the creation of the creator. Although in the end, alhamdulillah, all praise goes to Allah. So even the programmer is actually created by Allah. But I get, see, this is called layers upon layers of darkness. If I'm already in one false layer of darkness, now if I bury myself in Roblox, and then in Roblox I'm burying burying myself in another layer, those layers upon layers upon layers, they become very, very difficult to crack. So we should be very wary, by the way, of recognizing that I'm already in one metaverse, I don't need to now uh, bury myself in another one. That's a problem. That is a big problem. And by the way, you'll see, and we'll all see, you, lo- you wait 80 years when I'm not here anymore, and you'll see what, what the consequences of these types of things, where you create layers of darkness and you begin to see all the mental health issues and all the health issues that arise from this. And, you know, to me, yesterday's cigarettes is today's, uh, you know, Whatever social media, it's the same thing. You're not breathing air, now you're breathing smoke, and now you're not living in this world, you're living in a whole other layer. And if there wasn't enough darkness to begin with, and there wasn't enough repression of the soul to begin with in this world, to layer it with another one, it just creates lots of problems. Now, I'm not delivering this message to your kids because then you'll go home and tell your kids, I said this, I'm delivering it to us. <laughs> it doesn't uh now you don't go give the lecture to the kids and then every all the adults are on the phone. No, you have to appreciate and awaken and by the way this is why it's important to Subhanallah, so I'm going way over but this is why it's important to uh do things like camping. You know, there's no signal and you're in the middle of the forest. Okay, now you look around. You figure it out. Here, here's a little bit of a universe that you have to solve. I know you're having withdrawal symptoms. Everybody's shaking. Father's shaking. Mother's shaking. Kids are shaking. No Wi-Fi. No Wi-Fi. When is it going to, can we go to the gas station for five minutes so I can download my email? But it's not a bad thing to go under a, a, undergo a little withdrawal and just be surrounded by trees and the forest and the sky and sit there for three days. What's the big deal? You'll be off. They'll be off. You'll be off. It's a good thing. It's a good thing because at least it's out of one layer into another. I mean, out of one layer and into the one that we were originally put in. So, quite anyway, my real message I just wanted to deliver, I didn't want to go into all these tangents, but the real message I wanted to deliver is that everything calls to Allah. Everything calls to Allah. Every flicker of every star is just Allah, Allah, Allah. Every orbit of every electron is just SubhanAllah, Alhamdulillah, SubhanAllah, Alhamdulillah, the entire universe is just constantly calling to us to remind us that the essence is not this body. The essence is the soul. And this soul has the opportunity of a lifetime to break its bondage. It's a type of bondage. You know, this world bonds us. This body bonds us, by the way. It's bond- it's, it's like a bondage. The freedom of the body, the freedom of us is the soul. The soul is actually who we are. We're tied up in this body, stuck, having to worry about feeding it and clothing it and housing it, when the essence of this body was the soul which wants to connect with Allah. So this deen frees us. It liberates us. It attaches us to something far greater, to something that's far more permanent, something that's far more real, something that's actually far, produces far more ecstasy than anything anything that in this world could ever produce. But we need to be reminded. That's the nature of the test. That's how Allah has created this test. It's been designed in such a way that the world is deceptive. It's meant to deceive. The body has its desires. The body is going to have its pursuits. But we should awaken to its realities and connect ourselves with Allah. And we should see that every single thing around us is only happening through the will of Allah. Everything is sending us a reminder of Allah. There are so many ayat of Allah. And that is what then makes the heart what it, you know, what it should be. That's the essence of who we are.